Okay, well, turning your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're continuing, of course, our study in Grow Groups that we started just last week called Victory Over Death. It's a special study because realize that death touches all of us in some ways. We, we have great truth from God's Word that we have victory over death. Victory over sin and death is great truth. Jesus Christ died on the cross, paid for sin, rose again, paying for sins and conquering death. And by faith in Jesus Christ, we have eternal life. Notice it's not death, but life and not just life. It's eternal life. It's forever with Christ. We started last week looking at the whole idea of death. And, and when you think about it, there's the, we, we talked about the fear of death and the Bible even talks about people who have a fear of death. And I think it's because we don't know. There's an unknown. When, when we come to death, we want to think about why do people die? And when people think about death, most of the time they think of physical death. But we want to see some other things. We want to be encouraged as we look through this. So I hope you have your handout and ready to go. And let's start with this. You know, children are special. We've talked about this a lot of times. In fact, we just mentioned this in our Wednesday night class. And Wednesday night, we're doing uh, the 412 Christian Life. It's a study that we taught a long time ago. And what I'm doing is re- I've reworked every lesson as we've gone through it this semester. Uh, there's still a few lessons left. If you're not in a class and you want to come on Wednesday nights, they, there's some really good things to come. We're going to be talking about producing fruit and rewards. And so there's some great things there. When you think about children, they're precious. They are. What the Bible says that they're gifts from God. But here's the truth. They're sinners. <laughs> we go, sinners, they can't be. Yes, they are. They are. And, and uh, they do wrong just like we do. And you think about this. We've talked about this many times. Do we teach our children to do wrong? We teach our children to do what? Right. Do they naturally do wrong? Everybody naturally does wrong. I mean, that's just the way it is. We, we come into this world dead in trespasses and sins. And so why do we sin? And this morning, we're going to take a look at where does sin come from? Why do we sin? What's the results of sin? What, what happens? Because the bottom line, the result of sin is death. And so there's some great truths. Well, as you remember, last week we started and we talked about some really incredible things, things that were powerful. And that is that even though that death is is it, it, people sort of fear death in that sense because it's such an unknown. We know that we have victory. We have victory in Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians 15, look at verses 54 and 55. Look at what it says, 54. But this, the, the very end of the verse, I don't want to read all of 54, but at the very end it says, death is swallowed up in victory. And then verse 55 says this, death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? The truth is it's gone. Death is not the end. When people die physically, that's not the end. It's not the end for believers. It's not the end for unbelievers. Why? Because Jesus Christ has given us victory. He has conquered death. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to just start off, and anytime you start thinking about death, there's a sad part to it, and we know that we're separated because death is always separation. Uh, physical death is separation of the soul and the spirit from the body, but there's a separation aspect when a person dies that family, friends, people, we're, we're separated. But thanks be to God, Jesus Christ gives us the victory. And so we talked about death, and we said that death ultimately is just, if, no matter how you want to uh, look at it, you could just simply say that death is separation. Physical death is separation from the body and the soul and spirit from the body. And spiritual death is a person separated from God. And eternal death is a person eternally separated from God. So when we start talking about death, it's a, it's a really a lot of things. And we want to remember uh, what we saw last week, but we also want to begin by looking at death. And we're going to look at how did it start? 
Where did it come from? Most all of us in this room, you've been studying the Bible for a long time and you know truths about the Bible. Where did death come from? Why is there death? I want you to think about this. Every time that there's death, whether it's an, a dog dies, a person dies, something else dies, anytime you see something dying, you must realize that it's because of sin. And a lot of times we don't think of that way. Death death comes from sin. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is what? Death. It's a fallen world. There's sin. There's sin in this world. There's death and sin. So, in fact, we're going to see it in just a little bit. But when God talked to Adam and Eve about their sin, bottom line is that they're going to die because of sin. There's a physical death aspect, and there's just a spiritual death aspect, and there's all of that tied into there. So death comes from sin. Death is what we earn when we sin. And we're going to see several things, and a lot of times people overlook how this ties together because it affects us now, and we'll see how it gets together. Where did death come from? Because whether it's physical death, spiritual death, eternal death, temporal death, where did it come from? Well, it comes from sin, and we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every human being has sinned, and we've come short of the glory. So every one of this room... We could say that when we were born in this world, we were already sinners and we were dead and we're going to die. And then even as we seek to live now, there's that aspect of death. And so I want to show you some things, not only today, but in the next couple of weeks. We're all sinners. Now, when did it happen? How did it happen? Romans chapter 5, and and how did this happen? In Romans chapter 5, verse 12, here's what we find. Therefore, just through one man, that's Adam, sin entered in the world. So sin came into this world through Adam. And death through sin. Why death through sin? Why death through sin? Because the wages of sin is what? Death. What, what, what brings death? Sin. So this is through one man sin into the world. That Sin entered through Adam. And when Adam sinned, he brought what into the world? Death into the world. And death through sin. So death spread to all people. Why? Because all sinned. And technically, through Adam, we all sinned. And since we all sinned, we all die. That's what you see. Through one man, Adam, sin entered the world. And so sin came to us through Adam. And in fact, the Bible says, in Adam, all die. In Christ, all will be made alive. And so the results of sin is death. And I think you think about it, when sin entered, so did death. And so anytime we think about death, and that's probably the saddest thing that we deal with as human beings. In fact, that's the last enemy. The Bible talks about it. And when you think about life, you just say, oh, we love life and people being born and the marriages and life and everything, and then people die. And we think, boy, that's so sad when people die. And we wish people didn't die and we wish there was something else. But the truth is, because sin entered the world, there's death and there's sorrow and there's sickness and all of that tied in. Adam was the head of the human race, or is the head of the human race. I don't like to say. And there's two ways to look at it. There's what we call the seminal view. That means that in Adam, every human being existed. I mean, because everything is going to ultimately come from him. And his sons Cain, Abel, and Seth, and then through Cain, Abel, and Seth, ultimately goes all the way down to Noah and his sons because everybody else got wiped out. And then the rest of the human race came through them. So ultimately, Adam is the seminal head because every human being was in Adam. At the same time, he's called the headship because he represents the human race. And some people say that, like I say, in Adam all sinned, in, in Christ all are alive. And it's, some have said that when God looks at human beings, he sees two people. Adam and Christ. Adam is the first Adam. Christ is the last Adam. 
Don't call him second Adam because that implies there's a third Adam. The Bible doesn't say Jesus is the second Adam. It says he's the last Adam. So there's the first Adam who brought sin and death into the world. There's the last Adam who brought life and godliness into the world. And so he's the head of, of everything. Adam is the head, and being the head of human beings, he breaks sin. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. And I want you to go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 2. Flip all the way back to the front of your Bible, almost to the very beginning, and to Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to see what God does. And most of you know this story. I, when I do, um, when we teach the 2-2, we really go into a lot of detail on this lesson because it's the fall. And uh, a lot of people overlook it. A lot of people do not even believe. Listen, one of the things you've you got to deal with and one of the things we're dealing with is there are a lot of people who don't really believe the Bible. They say they're Christians, uh, they go to church, they they may even be Christians, uh, but there are a lot of people who say, you know, I I think the Bible has a lot of problems, or I don't trust this part of the Bible or something, and so they become the judge of the Bible rather than the Bible become the judge of them. The truth is the Bible is alive and powerful and sharpening to a sword. It's sharper than anything. We can come boldly to the throne of grace. It's uh, profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, for training, righteousness. It is the truth. Uh, it never comes back void. So you start talking about the Bible. It is perfect. And, I, it, you know, people say, well, you know, if you really studied it. I look, I've studied it. I've studied it in both Hebrew and Greek. I've studied it in every, the two main languages it was written in. I've looked at what we call textual criticism. I've looked at everything. And the deeper I studied the Bible, the more I saw that it was true. So some people say, well, you, you're ignorant and you just don't understand. Look, the more you study it and dig it and really look at it and come in that with the fact that this is the Word of God, the more you study it, the more you realize how perfect it is and how it fits together exactly right. So when you start talking about the Bible, it is the living Word of God. And so we're going to go back to Genesis chapter 2, which a lot of people, there are people who say there really wasn't an Adam or an Eve. That's just a story. There wasn't a person, and then someone created with him, and actually two people in a garden that wasn't there. That they're just representative of human beings, and that's not true. That Jesus Christ said, actually quotes Adam or quotes about Adam, and so I, I pretty much take Jesus over anybody else. Uh, some people say Jonah wasn't swallowed by a fish, but Jesus said, as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish three days and three nights. So pretty much, I'll take what Jesus said above anybody else. And some people say they didn't cross the Red Sea. Jesus talked about Moses leading them out through the, you know. So the bottom line is, who, who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the Bible or are you going to believe somebody else? The bottom line is the, tr- the Bible is alive and powerful and it's true. And so we go back to Genesis chapter 2 to see the beginning. I want you to understand this. That this will help you. Uh, the Bible, you know, is, the Bible is a Jewish book. And the old, old Testament was all written in Hebrew. And the way Hebrew writes is this. Uh, a writer in Hebrew is going to give you information. He gives you the big overview. And then he goes to the most important part of the big overview. And then he gives the details. If you look in Genesis chapter 1, he gives you the six days of creation, basically. And he goes through all the six days. And he gives you the big overview. The heavens and the earth and the creation, the light and the darkness and the trees and the plants. And, the and then finally people. Okay, as he starts chapter 2, he, re- he goes back, but he's going to give the most important. What's the most important of all creation? What's the most important of all creation? Huh? Creation of man. Man is the most important. Man is the pinnacle of all God's creation. Man is the only thing made in the image of God. So Genesis chapter 2 is the details. When you read Genesis chapter 1, it's the big overview. It gives you the days. In chapter 2, he goes back and says, now this is how God made man. 
And if you read in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, male and female. He made them. That's a big overview. He didn't make them at the same time. You get to chapter 2, you get the details. He makes the man, and then he makes the woman. So understand that when you read the Bible, and I've had people come up and say, there's two creation stories, chapter 1 and chapter 2. I said, no, there's a big overview story, and then there's the detail story. And we're looking at the detail story. Notice it says in chapter 2, verse 1, when the heavens and the earth were completed and all their hosts by the seventh day, God rested. Then look at verse 4. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. Now, he's fixing to give the details. And he's going to talk about a garden, and he's going to talk about creating a human being, and he's going to talk about planting this human being. He made from the dust of the ground, he made this, this person. And if you look at it in the details, if you go to verse 15, it says, as the Lord God took the man, the name man is Adama, Adama in Hebrew, which means dirt, and we call him Adam. So then he put, took the Lord God, took the man, Adama, put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. So he put man, oh, I already had it up there. So he put man in the garden, and the man's name is Adama, Adam, dirt. And so the Lord commanded the man. Now, I want you to understand, he's by himself. If you think the man and the woman were standing there and God told, gave them the instructions on what to do. No, the man got the instructions. She's not even there yet. And so it says that God, Lord God commanded the man saying, from any tree of the garden you may freely eat. Eat freely. You can eat anything. This is great. This is great. But, some people say there's always a but and there's always some, yeah, here. But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. No, it's not the tree of life. This is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They have life. He, he's alive. He has life. He has spiritual life. He's connected to God. He knows God. He talks to God. And from, but he says, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree that shows you what? Right from wrong, good from evil, you shall not eat. Don't, don't, even, don't get over there. For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely Die, and I want you to understand that in the that this is the command in Hebrew. It actually, says, "Dying, you shall surely die." It's what they call this uh, multiple. It's a thing that kind of emphasizes it. And he says, "Dying, you'll really die. You'll really die." And I think that the dying there is spiritual death, and the really dying ultimately is going to be physical death as well. So he says, "Dying spiritually, you'll die physically." He doesn't say it exactly, but I think Adam understood it. And, and so he says the wages of sin would be death. And by the way, I want you to understand, what's there? What's existing at, in the garden where he is? Plants, animals, everything. Because he's, you know, well, not animals yet. It's this garden and he's got all this stuff. And so God then says something that, that contradicts what a lot of people say. God said it is not good for the man to what? Be alone. I've had people say, you don't need anybody. If you've got God, all you need is God. Have you ever said, look, all you need is God, right? God said to Adam, it's not good that you're alone. God could say, I got you. God says, well, that's not enough. Because he made people to be with other people. He made us for each other. Yeah, we got to have God. But, the, but he said, it's not good for the man to be alone. So what did he do? Uh, look at verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. You know, uh, he said, I'm going to make a helper for him. And so what did he do? But that's what we all say, but that's not right. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, he said, I'm going to make you a helper. And so what did he do? Look at the next verse after the helper. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he called him and whatever the man called the sleeping creatures, it was his name. Now, there had already been other animals. We thought that, that they were created before that man was created on the sixth day. This is for the garden. This is putting things in the garden to where he is. And so look what he says. He starts bringing all these animals by, and what does he call them? Hmm, giraffe. Hippopotamus. Hippopotamus is water horse. That's what the word hippopotamus means. It means water horse. So he's, he's naming all these things, and he named them all. And, and then it says in verse 20, but for Adam, there was, not, there was not a helper suitable for him. You can see Adam going, these are all great, but they don't match me. They don't match me. I thought, you know, it was not good for me to be alone, and I like animals, and I like dogs, and I like giraffes and everything, but this is, this is not what I want. So what did he do? So the Lord caused a deep sleep, verse 21, to fall upon the man, and he slept, and when he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh of that place, and God fashioned into a woman the rib from which he had taken from the man and brought, the man, brought her to the man. Now, I want you to understand something. That the name, the, the Hebrew word for, for man is Ish, and his name was Adamah, which is dirt. She is coming out of the man, and the Hebrew word for woman is Isha, which means out of man. And so he forms her, and so he, her name is not Eve. Her name is not Eve until after the fall. So you've got Ish, man, Isha, woman. His name happens to be dirt, Adamah. She doesn't have a name yet. And so he brought her. To him, and he goes, Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. But anyway, no. <laughs> he, he said, Wow. And so he said, uh, it, it was amazing. And so the man said, This is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He's actually saying, This matches me. This is just like me. These other things don't match me. This is great. And so he put them there, and he said, For this reason, a man's going to leave his father and mother, and they're going to cleave to each other, and they become one flesh. And so this is going to be great. And see, then. What we know happened is God would come see them. And what Adam, Adamah, told Isha, he said, see that tree over there? God says, we don't eat from that tree. In fact, I don't want you to touch it. Don't even get over there by that tree. It's the tree of knowledge of good and evil because he said in the day that we eat from that tree, we will what? Die and we shall surely die. So he told her that. And so here's what happened. In chapter 3, this serpent came. He was more crafty than the beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, God has said, You shall not eat from the tree of the garden. He comes up and he raises a question and he says, Did God say you can't eat from all the trees? Obviously, if God really loved you, he'd let you eat from every tree. Because, see, God doesn't really love you. If God really loved you, he'd let you eat from every tree. Right? Isn't that what Satan does to you? He says, If God really loved you, you wouldn't have problems in your life. If God really loved you, this wouldn't have happened. If God really loved you, you'd be rich and famous. If God really loved you, yeah, so God doesn't really love you because he's holding things back from you. Now, Eve is there, and what you may not understand is, let's pretend this is the tree, and let's pretend this is Eve. Adam's about right here. Don't think he's off in the field somewhere. He's just in there going, yeah, because we're going to see that Adam does not do a really good job of providing, protecting that's his role. And so the woman said, oh, from the tree, uh, fruit of all the trees we can eat, but the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God said, you shall not eat from it or, anybody see verse 3, what does it say? Touch it or you will die. Because I guarantee you, Adam said, don't you touch it. And so she says, we're not supposed to eat from it or touch it. So 
Satan says, so he really really doesn't love you. And he's holding back and he's hiding something from you. He's hiding something from you. See, God said when you eat it, you die. But Satan said, no, you will not what? You're not going to die. Look at the verse. His servant said to the woman, you shall surely not die. Now, who's lying? He is. God said, you will die. Satan says, you will not die. In our lives, he comes in. God says, don't do this. You will, you will have trouble. And Satan says, you won't have any trouble. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He knows what, he knows what he's talking about. And you know what we do? We go, what? Sounds right. You will not die but you eat from my tree. And she went, what are you talking about? And he goes on to say, then the woman saw, he said, for God knows in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. Guess what? You're going to see what's right. And you'll be like God, no one good and evil. Listen, you're going to be like God. You know what he's been doing? He's been holding back from you. He said, he doesn't really love you because he really loved you. He did let you eat from every tree. And he knows that if you were to eat from that tree, you'll be just like him. He doesn't want competition. wonder why she said, why don't you eat from it then? She didn't. What's Adam doing? <laughs> That's what he's doing. And so, yeah, so she saw, she saw that it was looked pretty, actually it looked pretty good. Everybody says apple, I think it's a banana. But anyway, so when the woman saw the tree was good for fruit, and it was a delight to the eyes, it looked good, it was good, and it was desirable to do what? To make you wise. See, he's been holding back. This is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so I'm, I'm going to get knowledge here. Yes, you're going to get knowledge of what? What's right and what's wrong. And so she took from the fruit and ate, and she gave also. Listen, the way it's written in the Hebrew, he's there. She just says, here, take a, take a bite of that. He's got to make a big decision. Obey God, obey her. Listen to God, listen to her. He's going to listen to her. And sometimes we listen to other people, and they tell us, oh, it won't matter. It's just like the Proverbs that says, where in, in the psalm and the Proverbs where uh, the guy says, come, uh, throw your person with us. We're going we're gonna to jump on somebody, beat them up, steal all their stuff, and then we'll come back, we'll all divide it up, and we'll make it. And you go, yeah, I, th- I, could get, I could get some extra money and stuff by beating up somebody and getting their stuff. He said, don't do that. Don't do that. But people will tell you things. And so what's going to happen? Adam was there. He was not tricked. That's why the Bible says Adam is the one who sinned, okay? What happened the moment they ate the fruit? Verse 7, then the eyes of both of them were opened. Yep. What did Satan say is going to happen? God knows on the day you eat from that fruit, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Do they know at this moment good and evil? Are they like God, knowing good and evil? They're not like God, but does God know good and evil? Do they now go good and evil? Did Satan lie to him? Did, did Satan lie to them? Did what Satan said sound right? Sounds right. He always lies. He lies, but he fixes it. They don't, they're not like God, who knows good and evil, but like God, they know good and evil. She thought she was going to be God. That's what the Mormons think. See? That's, a, that's an angel from heaven, a false angel came and gave Joseph Smith a whole message about that you could become gods. That's the message from the beginning. That's what Satan wanted to be. He wanted to be God. He wanted to be like the Most High God. He wanted man and woman to think they could be God. That's why Mormonism is a cult. That's what it is. 
And so the eyes of them were open, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together. They, listen, they had, have, have they had any problems? Have they ever had a fight? They've never had a fight. Suddenly they're going, you look terrible. Put this stuff on. What are we doing over here? Let's get out of here. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden of the cool of the day, and the man and the wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees. What? They ate, their eyes were open. They hid. Why, were they, why are they hiding? Because sin does what? Sin always causes what? Death and separation. First of all, who are they separated from now? From God. Who are they separated from also? Each other. Do you realize that? Probably where they're hiding, she's going, don't step over there. What do you think you're doing? Don't you tell me what to do, you know, right? I guarantee you, right? The consequences. They had been in perfect fellowship with God and each other. Now sin brings death and separation. They're separated from God and each other. Let me tell you, this, this is... This is not good. Let me look at time. Okay, because I, I got more, but I better slow this one down. Anyway, so the bottom line is God comes looking for him and goes, Adam, where are you? Does God know where they are? I mean, he could go, I see you hiding over there because I see everything. I'm God. You think you can hide anything from me? They're over there hiding. And he says, what are y'all doing? They're, oh, we're over here. What happened? Well, what I'd like to say, Adam, Adam's going to say, I blew it. I... Uh, I did what you told me not to do. That what he's going to do? No. He's going to say, see, that woman you gave me is a defective woman. See, because, see, if you'd have given me a good woman, see, see, God, it's actually your fault and her fault. You gave me a defective woman, and she tricked me into eating that fruit. Because that's what he does. And then God just, okay, and he goes by and says, what about you? And she said, that serpent tricked me. And so he goes to the serpent, and the serpent went, I don't think I've got anybody to blame here. And he didn't. And so God then goes backwards. He says, Sir, what's going to happen to the serpent? What's going to happen to the woman? And what's going to happen to the man? The consequences. But the bottom line is what? The day that you eat that fruit, what's going to happen? Dying, you shall surely die. There's not only going to be spiritual death, and they already spiritually died. They're already separated. There's going to be physical death. Look at verse 19 of Genesis. By the sweat of your brow you shall eat bread till you return to the ground because from it you were taken and from you are dust and to dust you shall return. They're going to die physically. Listen, do you understand? They'd never seen any kind of death at all. Animals didn't eat each other. Animals didn't kill each other. They'd never seen death. They still haven't seen physical death. So what does God do to deal with their sin? Do you remember? He takes an animal and kills it and blood goes everywhere, and he takes the coats of the skins and says, now cover yourself up with this. And they realize that an animal died in their place to cover their sins. And he said, the seed of woman is coming who's going to crush the head of the serpent. See, the woman is the Messiah. One of these days, Jesus Christ is going to come, and he's going to die and shed his blood as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And it won't cover our sin. It will pay for our sin. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, not covers it. So from the very first death in the Bible, that's a physical death, they see that that death was a sacrifice to cover their sin until the Savior would come. And so that's where death came into this world. That's why they're going to die physically. That's why we die physically. And we come into this world physically alive but spiritually dead. Ephesians 2.1, we were dead or you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Trespasses step over the line. Sins has fallen short. This is who we are. This is what we're all about. 
We come into this world and we're dead in trespasses and sins. Why? Because when Adam sinned, every person made in the image of Adam, and we come into this world, we're the image of Christ, but we're also the image of human beings, Adam, who has sinned, who's brought sin and death into the world, and every one of us come into this world, we come in physically alive, but we're already spiritually dead. We're already spiritually dead, we can't know and understand the things of God, and unless we become spiritually alive, which is by faith in Christ, we never grasp the things of God because we can't know them. Because we're fallen people. And the, that consequences of sin and the consequences of spiritual death brings physical death. And so from Adam and Eve, from that point on, every human being dies. If you get to chapter 5, sometimes read Genesis chapter 5 because this is chapter 3 and then chapter 4. When you get to chapter 5, it's called the death chapter. It begins to list the people and it says, and they died, and he died, and he died, and he died, and he died. And by the time you get to the end, you say, I think I got it. They all died. They do. It is appointed for man once to die and then the judgment. The wages of sin is death. And so we live in sin and death, realize that, that, uh, that there's all kind of death. Now, I'm going to end with this because when we start saying, well, physical death, and you've heard me say spiritual death, well, I want you to understand that in the Bible there are, there are four, at least, I, I put it a little different order than there, but there's a physical death, there's a spiritual death, there's an eternal death, and there's a temporal death. And we're going to start seeing those next time or the next time we look at the lesson because there is a physical death which is a result of spiritual death. All human beings die physically. Now, there's a whole generation that won't. Uh, there's only been two people that haven't died physically, Enoch and Elijah. There's a whole generation that won't ever die physically. One of these days, Jesus Christ is going to come in the clouds of the dead, and Christ rise first, we who are alive and remain. What will happen to us? We'll be changed in a moment of twinkling eye. We'll be taken off the face of the earth. There's a generation that will not see physical death that are believers, of course. And uh, so there's physical death, spiritual death, there's eternal death. That's what happens to people when they do not trust in Christ as Savior. They come into the world spiritually dead. They die physically. They then have eternal death. And then there's going to be a death that I'm going to spend one whole lesson on. It's called temporal death. And it's believers who die right now. There, there, there are many believers who are dead right now. And we're going to talk, what are you talking about? I thought we have spiritual life. We are. We're spiritually alive, but we can temporally be dead because whenever you sin, you what? You die. Exactly right. You're out of fellowship, and we'll talk about that as well. So let me give you, let me give you some ideas or some application. Let's understand that death is separation. That's what it is. The body from the soul and spirit, that's physical death. Spiritual separation is relationship with God. Realize that death came through Adam, that that's where death entered this world. And people die. And we see it all the time. We see death. We see death in animals. Listen, when people want to say that before man was created, the world is millions and millions of years old and there were dinosaurs and killing and eating and blood, that's death. There wasn't any death till Adam sinned. So it's, it's not possible. Okay? The world is not millions and millions and millions of years old. It's a young earth created by God in six days. If you believe the Bible. If you don't believe the Bible, that's another story. Okay, so let's realize that death came through Adam and let's realize, let's thank God for the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. By his death and resurrection, paying for sin, conquering death, we, we are saved from eternal separation from God.